Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's your buddy AJ from the Y-Files. And at- Hecklefish. Right, and Hecklefish. We just wanted to tell you that if you want to start a podcast, Spotify makes it easy. It'd have to be easy for humans to understand it. Will you stop that? I'm just saying... Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts from your computer. I don't have a computer. Do you have a phone? Of course I have a phone. I'm not a savage. Well, with Spotify, you can record podcasts from your phone, too. Spotify makes it easy to distribute your podcast to every platform, and you can even earn money. I do need money. What do you need money for? You're kidding? I'm getting killed on Guppy support payments. These 3X wives are expensive. But you don't want to support your kids? What are you, my wife's lawyer now? Never mind. And I don't know if you noticed, but all Wi-Fi's episodes are video, too. And there's a ton of other features, but... But we you... can't be here all day. Will you settle down? I need you to hurry up with this stupid commercial. I got a packed calendar today. I'm sorry about him. <sniffs> anyway, check out Spotify for Podcasters. It's free, no catch, and you can start today. Are we done? We're done, but you need to check your attitude. Excuse me, but I don't have all day to sit here and talk about Spotify. Look, this would go a lot faster if, if you would just let me get through it without... If you follow this channel, you know that many of these videos come from your suggestions. And I get emails all the time from people who want content about UFOs. Others want lost cities, strange disappearances, or reptilian humanoids. Today, we fulfill all these requests in one video. There is no other place on Earth steeped in more mystery than Mount Shasta. Aliens, ghosts, underground bases, interdimensional portals. Mount Shasta has it all. Let's find out why. As you approach Mount Shasta, the first thing you notice is how absolutely out of place it is. Though it's one of the tallest peaks in North America, it's not directly connected to any other mountains. It stands alone and seems to leap off the landscape. At over 14,000 feet above sea level, Mount Shasta is so tall and steep that it pierces the clouds and creates its own weather. Located in Northern California, Mount Shasta is actually a semi-active volcano. Its last major eruption was in 1250, but as recently as last year, Mount Shasta was oozing lava that caused several fires in the surrounding forest. And just about every type of paranormal event you can think of converges at Mount Shasta. UFO sightings, mysterious disappearances, lost cities, ghosts, gods, everything. Mount Shasta legends exist in every culture that's lived in its shadow, including the first cultures. Native tribes have inhabited the area for over 10,000 years, making it one of the longest occupied areas in North America. And each tribe has a myth about the mountain. Some tribes say Mount Shasta is the sacred center of the universe. Others say the mountain is the birthplace of all life. And as different as these stories are, there is one theme found in every native legend. You do not go above the tree line. That area is reserved for the sky people. Not far from Mount Shasta is Petroglyph Point, which has some of the oldest stone writing ever found in North America, dating back thousands of years. And the glyphs depict the types of things you'd expect to see. Animals, rivers, the sun, stars. But there are also carvings of what some people believe are sky people. Native tribes believe that the sky people were spiritual beings who existed in a different realm, a plane of existence where souls and spirits of the dead dwell. 
But what if the sky people aren't spirits of the dead, but are actually beings that are very much alive, just not human? There are Native American legends that describe a race of giants that live on Mount Shasta. The Modoc have the Matagagmi, which are said to be the keepers of the woods. Could these ancient people be describing Bigfoot? Matagagmi is the Modoc word for Bigfoot, and it's similar to the Tibetan word Metogangmi, which is their word for Yeti. Hey, how do ancient Indians in Tibet end up with the same word for Bigfoot? Well, no, there would have to be some kind of land bridge between India and America. Then. Wait a minute. You're getting way ahead of me on this one, pal. Oh, we We are. Oh, baby! Since at least the 1920s, people have claimed to see tall creatures roaming the forests around Mount Shasta. In 1976, a camper thought a park ranger was investigating his camp, but upon closer inspection, it was a Bigfoot. Another famous account happened in 1962 when a hiker claimed to have seen a female Bigfoot giving birth. Ooh, that sounds messy. It does. A lot of hot water and towels. Right. I I get it. Because if a Bigfoot is giving birth... Oh boy, that's gonna be a lot of- I said I get it. In 1930, a humanoid skeleton that was over eight feet tall was discovered near Mount Shasta. And this wasn't a fringe report. It was covered by major newspapers all over the area. And native legends say the race of giants prospered on the earth for thousands of years, but were suddenly wiped out in a great flood. It always ends with a great flood, doesn't it? Every time. But there is an interpretation of this legend that claims the giants of the woods are not Bigfoot. They're a race of people called Lemurians. And that brings us to the fascinating story of J.C. Brown. He's considered the first person to find the lost civilization of Lemuria. But his story takes a mysterious turn. In 1904, J.C. Brown was working as a geologist for a gold mining operation and he was sent to Mount Shasta to look for gold. During one of Brown's expeditions, he came across a rock fall that looked like something could be buried underneath. And when he cleared the rubble, he discovered the entrance to a cave that disappeared into the darkness for what looked like forever. Brown hiked the length of the tunnel, which turned out to be 11 miles long. And that may sound crazy, but Mount Shasta is a volcano, and the entire area around the mountain is a network of lava tubes. Lava tubes can be huge and stretch miles underground. And when J.C. Brown reached the end of the tunnel, he found what he described as the remains of an ancient city. He found machinery long abandoned that looked like it was used in a mining operation. He found statues, tablets, shields, and weapons, all made of gold, and all inscribed with hieroglyphics. He found what he called a worship room with statues that seemed to glow in the dark. And the final chamber of the cave system was a tomb where 27 giant skeletons were arranged. And they ranged in height from seven feet to over 10 feet tall. Unsure of what to do, J.C. Brown covered the entrance to the cave and told no one about it. But over the next few years, Brown became obsessed with a book by James Churchward called The Lost Continent of Mew, and by stories of Lemuria, which he thought could be the same thing. Lemuria, according to the legend, was an entire continent that sunk beneath the ocean many thousands of years ago. It sounds like Atlantis. It's funny you should say that. Turns out Lemuria and Atlantis are connected. In 1899, Frederick Spencer Oliver published a book called A Dweller on Two Planets, which tells an amazing story that was found written on ancient Hindu tablets. Over a million years ago, the Earth was ruled by two very advanced civilizations, the Atlanteans and the Lemurians, and both cultures had technology that far exceeds our own. Atlantis was the dominant culture, and for many years it was benevolent, 
but about 25,000 years ago, Atlantis became corrupt and wanted to rule all people on the Earth. Lemurians rejected this idea and wanted to be left alone. And after much internal conflict, Atlantis decided to go to war with the Lemurians. And for years, the two mighty civilizations deployed devastating nuclear weapons against each other. The explosions were so violent that they caused the Earth's tectonic plates to become unstable and the magnetic poles to shift. Finally, a massive flood tore across the planet and laid waste to both civilizations. In all, 60 million Lemurians died. Atlantis suffered severe losses as well. The few surviving Atlanteans evacuated to Agartha, an underground city that we'll be covering on this channel. The last remaining Lemurians fled to Mount Shasta and established a city called Telos. And what's amazing is there's a Hawaiian legend that says the islands of Hawaii were once part of a vast continent called Mew, also known as Lemuria. And once J.C. Brown learned of these stories, he was convinced that he had found the lost civilization of Lemuria under Mount Shasta. So he decided, now 30 years later, it was time to go back to the mountain. And when J.C. Brown returned to Mount Shasta, he put together a search party to help him rediscover Lemuria. Brown had assembled a group of 80 researchers, scientists, and explorers. And after a thousand years of legend, Lemuria was about to be proven real. Newspapers widely covered the story, and the excitement around the adventure was palpable. Then, on the morning that the expedition was set to begin, J.C. Brown didn't show. People combed every tavern, every street, every inn looking for him, but they would find no trace. J.C. Brown had vanished and was never heard from again. Explanations for J.C. Brown's disappearance covered everything. Some said he was simply a fraud, though he never took a penny from anyone. Others said a secret but powerful organization learned of Brown's plans and had him erased. Illuminati. Yep. But a few others were convinced that J.C. Brown no longer needed a search party to find Lemuria, that he had been granted access and taken there by some mysterious machine. And to hear descriptions of this machine, it sounds like a vehicle or a... UFO! Right. And there have been UFO sightings around Mount Shasta going back over 100 years. And in recent years, sightings are accelerating. Of the top 300 UFO hotspots in the world, Mount Shasta is ranked 13th. People have seen chrome objects hovering above dark mountain roads. Others report lights moving in formation, silently swarming the peak and then disappear. One of the most widely reported UFO sightings happened in 2008. Residents said they saw what looked like a giant glowing jellyfish hovering over the mountain. Eyewitnesses said it made no noise, but it seemed to have a fire raging inside of it. Now, unfortunately, there are no photos from the sighting, but just last year, someone captured this footage. This happened. I'm sorry. What is that? There's a passenger on the plane, looks huh? out the window, grabs the phone. This was filmed in June. The traveler sees that, an object apparently changing shapes in seconds. What? And what makes Mount Shasta UFOs really strange is that they don't just hover around the mountain. People have seen them fly into the mountain. And they don't mean they flew into an opening in the mountain. Every single person said the UFOs flew into the side of the mountain and just vanished into the rock. And it's been said that Mount Shasta is hiding an energy vortex that allows passage into another dimension. Locals believe the UFOs hide in the clouds and enter the mountain through some kind of portal. But that begs the question, a portal to where? For decades, eyewitnesses have seen strange beings in Mount Shasta's caves that seem to have the ability to walk through walls. They just vanish. And it's not just these strange beings that disappear on Mount Shasta. 
It's one of the most active hotspots in North America for mysterious disappearances. In 2011, a young couple was camping on Mount Shasta with their three-year-old son. Suddenly, the boy's parents looked up and their son was gone. They immediately called the authorities and a massive search went on for five hours. Then, a sheriff's deputy heard a quiet voice coming from a bush not far from the campsite. This was odd because dozens of trained search and rescue professionals had combed every inch of this area multiple times and found nothing. But the boy was found unharmed, so this was called a successful operation, and that was pretty much the end of it. It wasn't until a few weeks later when the story would take a mysterious turn. The boy was talking to his grandmother, who he called Grandma Cappy, about the incident. He said he liked this Grandma Cappy better than the other Grandma Cappy who found him in the woods. Whoa, what? Yeah. The boy's mother was upset by this. What other Grandma Cappy? The boy said the other Grandma Cappy had taken him to a cave in the woods. And there were other people there, too, who were just frozen in place. And this new grandma seemed nice enough, but then she wanted to examine the boy. And for some reason, she asked him to defecate on a piece of paper. Did he? No, he said he couldn't go. Yeah, I'm a shy pooper, too. But it gets even stranger. Grandma Cappy said that just a few weeks earlier, she was camping in the same area when she blacked out. Then she woke up face down in the dirt and noticed she had a strange puncture wound on the back of her neck. She said she was violently ill and thought it was some kind of spider bite. She was camping with a friend who also had a similar wound and was also terribly sick. DNA extraction. Well, that's one theory. And Grandma Cappy said she's never going to that mountain again. Then there's the story of Carl Landers. In 1999, Landers, along with two friends, set out to hike to the summit of Mount Shasta. And along the trail, Landers just vanished. He didn't wander off. He didn't cry for help. He was just gone. And it's not like he disappeared into the woods or fell down a hole. There was good visibility for over 100 yards. Landers vanished in a wide open field. And he was an experienced hiker who knew this terrain extremely well. Yet somehow he disappeared off the mountain without a trace. And for a week, a huge manhunt searched every inch of the area. The National Guard even sent helicopters equipped with infrared sensors. Nothing was found. No equipment, no clothing, no body. All gone. To this day, there is no explanation for what happened. So what's going on at Mount Shasta? Can we use logic and science to explain these mysteries? Well, it's difficult to explain ancient native legends because we have no evidence to support or refute the stories. Since the legends have been passed down over several thousand years, not only is it possible, but it's likely that these stories evolved over time. I mean, who can resist adding a little drama to make a story seem more mystical? I'm guilty of doing it on this channel. Mount Shasta isn't a very active volcano now, but it's erupted many times in the past, and human settlements were present during those eruptions. When native tribes describe Mount Shasta as the home of a god who throws flaming rocks at his enemies, we could certainly see that these ancients were trying to make sense of what they saw. And when American Indians spoke of giants, did they really mean Bigfoot? It's not clear. There isn't much reporting of Bigfoot until 1924, when a few gold prospectors came back from an expedition talking about how they were attacked by giant ape men who threw boulders at their camp. And the story caught fire and grabbed so much attention that park rangers launched a full investigation. What they found didn't impress them. They said the boulders were actually just large rocks and looked like they were placed there by the men. And there were supposedly Bigfoot tracks in the area. But when the rangers looked closely at the tracks, it was clear they were made by one of the miners using his knuckles and the palm of his hand. Still, there's no stopping a viral story and the legend of Bigfoot was born. 
But what about these portals that seem to swallow people whole? Is there any science to support the phenomenon that two points in space can be joined by nothing but energy? Turns out, there is. In 2013, NASA discovered a phenomenon called an X-point. X-points are places where the magnetic field of the Earth is directly connected to the magnetic field of the Sun. This is an uninterrupted path of energetic particles leading from our planet all the way to our star, 93 million miles away. Another study confirmed these portals and found some of them are short-lived, opening and closing very quickly, but others are stable for long periods of time. Now, obviously, we can't use these portals to travel. Yet. Yet. But there is science to support that the Earth is magnetically tethered to the Sun. And the magnetism around Mount Shasta is highly unusual. The entire area is blanketed by an enormous negative magnetic anomaly. Could this area of strong magnetism be creating ruptures in space that cause people to disappear? Well, that's a stretch, but if some kind of electromagnetic event were to occur, there are a few places on Earth better suited than Mount Shasta. Now, the story of the missing boy who suddenly reappeared five hours later, that's true. The part about his grandma Cappy and the puncture in her neck? That came from someone claiming to be her posting her story on the internet, so I don't know. And the boy's parents conveniently want to remain anonymous. But Carl Landers really did disappear without a trace, as have many people on Mount Shasta. And most of the time, missing hikers are discovered not far from their last known position, usually dead from injuries from a fall. But it's worth acknowledging that there are plenty, I mean lots, of people who just vanish with no explanation. Well, the UFO sightings can't really be explained. Aha! Weather around Mount Shasta is highly unusual and creates what's known as lenticular cloud formations. And lenticular clouds look like giant UFOs, but they're just clouds. As for it looks like flying spacecraft hovering around and disappearing into the mountains, we'd be silly to discount those reports. Even our own government is finally admitting there are objects zipping around the planet that just can't be explained. So what about J.C. Brown and Lemuria? Well, the J.C. Brown story is a great one, but it might be debunked. In 2017, a researcher named Stephen Sindoni tracked down a man named John Benjamin Bodie, a mining engineer who retired in Mount Shasta. And Bodie had worked for the Lord Cowdray Mining Company, which was also J.C. Brown's employer. And Bodie lived right across the street from where J.C. Brown had given daily lectures on Lemuria and the lost city of Telos. This may not be definitive proof that J.C. Brown was a hoax, but it's pretty compelling research. And I should note that Sindoni is not a debunker. He's a hollow earth researcher who's been on countless TV and radio shows discussing how the earth is hollow and home to alien civilizations that live right under our feet. And speaking of hollow earth, what about Lemuria? Is it hiding inside Mount Shasta? I think Lemuria is the best legend about Mount Shasta. And I'm not the only one. Entire religions have been built around the Lemuria story. In the 1930s, Guy Ballard, a mining engineer, was exploring Mount Shasta. He said he was met by a young man named the Count of St. Germain. And Count St. Germain is a legend in paranormal history. He's supposedly immortal and shows up during all kinds of historical events. There's even an account of him being present at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, where he actually gave a speech. And we're going to do a whole video on St. Germain. He deserves more attention. But anyway... Ballard and his wife Edna claim to be the sole messengers of St. Germain and other ascended masters, as they're called. And the Ballards began giving public lectures on St. Germain's teachings and eventually had grown the I Am activity movement to over a million followers. Yeah, not easy to do without social media. Oh, it's not. 
And after Ballard passed away in 1971, most of the I Am members left a religion, but it's still around. You can visit the I Am Reading Room right now in Mount Shasta City. And Lemuria and Atlantis were nothing more than stories for hundreds, even thousands of years. But with the discoveries like Bimini Road in the Bahamas and the Yanaguni Monument off the coast of Japan, we have to start wondering if these myths weren't myths at all, but actual places. Now, skeptics will say Bimini and Yanaguni are natural formations, but I'll put the pictures up for you to decide. To me, Bimini Road is iffy. I lean toward man-made, but I can see the other side of the argument. But Yanaguni? That looks 100% man-made to me, so what if? Mount Shasta has captured the imagination of people around the world for centuries, and those who visit often say the mountain called to them. And I think it's fair to say that if you're the type of person who goes to a place expecting to have a spiritual or a supernatural experience, there's a good chance you'll have one. The mind is a powerful thing. But as long as you're not starting religions based on this, I don't think there's anything wrong with believing what others say is a crazy theory. Our civilization's greatest leaps forward come from heretics who dare to challenge the status quo. From mavericks and dissenters have come scientific discoveries that altered the course of history and forced even the most ardent skeptics to wonder, what if? What if there was an ancient civilization that sunk beneath the ocean? And what if the children of those people are here now, just waiting for our own civilization to catch up? Waiting for us to emerge from our selfish adolescence so we can join a larger community? One that exists only for scientific discovery, artistic expression, and spiritual enlightenment. Now, I admit it sounds like fantasy, but when we stop asking what if, civilization dies. But as long as there are heretics and mavericks and dissenters, we have a chance. And if you're one of those, keep asking what if. Everyone on Earth, whether they know it or not, is counting on you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. My name is AJ. That's Hecklefish. This has been The Y Files. If you had fun or learned anything, do me a favor and subscribe, comment, like, share. All that stuff really helps the channel. Trying to defeat the YouTube algorithm is like trying to find the lost city of Telos. But with your help, we can find it together. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and know that you are appreciated. up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.